0: Father Productions presents In Conclusion, We Digress, the best hour of your life you'll never get back.
1: Hello, and welcome back to this episode of In Conclusion, We Digress. Thank you guys so much for coming back. Hope you guys had a nice holiday weekend, enjoyed the 4th, got outside, and joining me as always are the five boys. So we got Carl coming to us from Hoboken tonight. So Carl, what's up with you, man?
2: What's going on? Uh, I'd just like to give a birthday shout out to Gino Pellucci. He was the inventor of pizza rolls. Um, <laughs> happy birthday. Snaps. Snaps for that guy. 100%.
3: That is
4: huge. We had a jazz club. We stand, Gino. Yeah, yeah what he said.
3: What do you have that guy? Yeah. A man a of- single-handedly changed the world.
1: Well, we also have Tommy coming to us from Roosevelt Island tonight. So, Tom, what's up with you, man?
3: Oh, not much. I ran about an hour and a half ago, and I'm still sweating. So there's that.
0: That's attractive.
3: Where you are you right. running from? <laughs> 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 obesity. Obesity. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs>
1: obesity. We're going to go to Kyle now, who's uh, coming to us from Long Island, who's starting his vacation tonight. So he must be feeling on top of the world right now. Oh, I'm so happy. It's so nice. (laughs) Aside from all the people that
0: decided they needed me at 5 p.m. at work today, um, it's good. I'm I'm happy I'm off until next Tuesday, so a couple days to Mm -hmm. unwind, relax a little bit, and see some friends, and, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. It's been pretty much nonstop since all this COVID stuff started, so it'll be nice to kind of take a little mental health break.
4: You should do that thing where you put someone uh, who's also out on vacation onto your out-of-office.
0: Oh, well, I'm the only one in my department not on vacation, so that would be a little hard to do Well,
1: Kyle, I think I speak for all of us and we say that we're honored that you decided the first thing you wanted to do on your vacation was to record an episode with us So we, we appreciate you and you know, glad to get your vacation started on the right foot oh, Well, the first thing I did was drink half a bottle of rosé, but the second thing uh-huh. was to come
0: before
1: you So
0: <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're in the right place
1: uh, And last but not least, we have the boys from the Upper East Side, so Mike and Pat tonight So start with Mike, Mike, what's up with you, man?
5: Hey, guys. Um, I want to take this opportunity, now that I have a medium, to uh, discuss etiquette on conference calls. We've been doing this for about four months now. You need to uh, figure your shit out. I was on a conference call today, and someone decided to put us on hold. And his company had one of those instrumental hold musics that like just blares into your ear like you're on a customer service line. Or like
0: what I used to get every single fucking time I called you in high school.
5: No, but it wasn't like a ringback. Oh, my
0: God. God. <laughs> I still <laughs> it was remember that.
5: Big- it was in the middle of a conference call and somebody was just like, oh, I'm gonna go on mute. Like, I'm gonna go on, uh, on hold because I really don't care about this conference call. And I had to listen to like an instrumental version of a 90s like alt rock song playing hey. in my-
4: Yeah, we had cool, to- that's, that's music to my ears. Some yeah, pure that's...
0: elevator music garbage.
4: So that's why to you gotta be like- the conference call tomorrow now. We had to cancel the conference call. It was that bad. That's why you gotta be like me. You gotta, for A, you gotta take charge out there, sir. Organize your own goddamn conference calls, number one. Number two, uh, yeah, product placement boost to Uber Conference because what they do is they allow you to put Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley on as bridge music, <laughs> which is an immediate icebreaker to anyone on your bridge waiting for you to join the call. And that's why I purposely enter the meeting two to three
1: minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, Pat, so clearly you're way right ahead of all your peers at, at your company, but uh, how are how you doing
4: otherwise? Legend status. Extra uh, to be exact,
1: He's staying
4: on doing okay. I had a good Fourth of July. Uh, I had a, um, a pretty good, uh, pretty good day at work today. You know,
1: good to hear, Pat. Glad to hear you had a nice weekend. I assume that you spent the Fourth with some pretty special people. So, uh, you know, that, that's that's good.
4: And Dan, none come to mind.
1: <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was nice. Okay. Right. Well, yes. Yeah, good to be back with all you guys this week. Figured we'd record this week and do another one of our oh so popular questions episodes. But we decided this week instead of doing just super generic you know, questions of the week that we've been thinking about, we decided to target our questions more towards the music world. So all of us are big fans of music in general, as I'm sure all the listeners are in some capacity as well. So we figured we'd jump in today and talk about a lot of different interesting music topics that have been on top of our minds and just stuff we wanted to talk about printing to music. So what we're gonna do is everyone has a question prepared and we're going to jump in, starting with Pat's music question of the week. So, Pat, what do you got for mm-hmm. us? So, on a
4: scale of 1 to 10, how much do you love Rick Astley?
1: 11. Yeah.
4: That was my icebreaker. That's how I, <laughs> that's how I tried to get to... So, Mike actually led that in beautifully. As much as I really want that to be my question, I will have to defer to a question posed to me, which I was scrolling through social media recently. And by recently, I mean, I don't know, two weeks ago. But it caught my eye, and I believe it caught – the, the team's eye as well. So, I think Mike and, and Kyle, I also, we were, we were talking about this when it came up. But so essentially, it's another one of those fun auction puzzles that we talked about for basketball, but it's with famous pop, pop punk bands, excuse me. So, if anyone knows me, they know that I'm a big fan of uh, the punk rock genre and a lot of its predecessors as well, classic rock, uh, additionally. So, I think this is kind of Going to be a fun little interactive segment we have here. I don't know, guys. We want to limit it to, I guess, three, and then a wild card. We'll say, we'll oh, say, or a little That's wild
3: fun. card. Looky, looky. A little. Cute. Oh Jesus oh, Christ, me.
1: So, Pat, I'll let you have to explain all this. But just for our listeners at home, so Pat is sharing this graphic he had just described now uh, for us to all see, and we will make sure that we share this picture on our Instagram so that you guys can see what we're talking about as well. But Pat, mm-hmm. floor is yours.
4: And this is some real I hate my parents type stuff here. I don't know if you can, if you guys are looking at what I'm looking at currently but so anyway uh, Next.
2: yeah oh yeah <laughs> this is not a phase mom <laughs> <laughs>
1: so describe to us what we're seeing here patrick
2: so basically it's
4: uh, like i like i mentioned similar to the basketball auction where you have a certain amount of dollars fifteen dollars uh and then there's five options uh each five four three two one um with each each row at uh, an individual band so, the $5 ones are going to be your more famous bands. And uh, as you go down, they start to get a little bit more and more obscure. But essentially, you just need to choose one for each category. And then um, it has to be five. And it also has to total $15, not exceed that, that dollar amount. So,
0: well, are actually, we, we're uh, not we're me, throwing those regulations out the window, correct?
2: Let me grab my calculator. Uh,
4: because
0: that is what we like to call <laughs> punk.
2: So I it was out
0: the window. Yeah, so I actually made a, more punk.
4: Actually, that's true. Yeah, I made a comment before the, the segment started uh, that if I enforce the rules, then I really wouldn't be doing this in good faith, uh, ensuring my solidarity for the pop-punk community. So you can just pick whatever hell band you want.
1: All right, so Pat, I think considering that oh. you're the one who actually found this graphic, I think you should give us your bands first. I agree.
4: Yeah, sure. Seems- Question <laughs> authority, all right? So my, my band... <laughs> In the first rung, I would say – so I try to – I'm going to try to keep things out of the box for the most part. There's some high-name bands up there. I'm going to try to pick one that uh, is a little bit out of the box. So that's not going to be the case for the first one. I'm going to pick no. one eighty two. 82 Well, yeah. I feel like that's the obvious one. But could I could have told you that. Because they're still making music even today, and they're still making at least pretty good music, even though they're not, they definitely aren't what they once were. Uh, but they're a band from, like, the mid-'90s that are still cranking out music. So. And they managed to relatively stay together with the exception of Tom leaving a couple of years ago. We have a whole episode on that uh, $4 one. I'm going to have to go with my main, my main band. See, this was a tough one, but I'm going to have to go with the killers. I think, uh, I, think I have uh, to listen,
0: Pat. I fully support you only because I understand, I, I'm just but just I fully that you. and
4: Weezer and uh, from going longevity and good and just consistent slappers, just, I, I have to go. I think I have to go to Killers, but the, we, uh, Weezer also has a lot of good albums, but their stuff is recently not not hit different as it once did. So I'm gonna go tier three, and then I'm gonna pick a wild card from the bottom two, just so we're not here forever. Okay. So third, third rung. I'm gonna have to go with. Oof! I think I gotta go Jimmy Eat World. I think they've just been very inspirational oh, interesting. Over the years. interesting. Interesting. good pick. I think it is a good pick. Um, yeah, they're like a. They're just a. Like, a classic band they, they they're relatively i don't know if there's really still relevant i don't think they really are um i mean the middle is a song that still plays every single bar, everywhere. every single yeah, night
0: exactly. so yeah yeah but i don't think them as a band are still relevant
4: no but uh i don't know if you guys uh i don't know how many chel fans there are out there any you listeners i know uh i used to s- fucking smear tommy's ass in that game but <laughs> oh <laughs> fake news fake news yeah, no, true news. That, that real true well, actual facts and news. I would say truer news has ever, never been spoken. So anyway, uh, yeah, Jimmy Eat World was uh, the, the song Sweetness debuted on NHL 2004, which is why I am a big fan of that song and both the game. How the fuck do you know that? I know all. like My, my favorite songs, a lot of them, have come from video games. Interesting.
1: Interesting. Check it out more. Oh. All right, And then, Pat, what's your, uh, your
4: wild card? Wild card from bottom two... Uh, rungs here. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with i to have to say yellow card because I think they're just the best band of the bottom two rungs, maybe. I'm not even that big of a yellow card fan. I would say maybe that them or maybe American Hi-Fi, which is kind of like a niche group. There aren't like a million gung ho fans, but they have a lot of really good stuff if you like them. Um but yellow card just has like is probably the most famous of the the bottom two. So Pat to recap, <clears throat> we had Uh, Blink-182, The
0: Killers, Uh, Jimmy Eat World, and then your wild card was yellow card.
4: I'm going to go tie American Hi-Fi yellow card. Okay,
0: well, there's none of that tie bullshit in a (laughs) soccer game. Um, So you chose yellow card, and that's what you will stick with.
1: Fine. Who goes next? I was going to say quickly, in the interest of time, if you could acknowledge – I feel like there's going to be a lot of us who have also chosen in some order – Blink-182, and The Killers. Is that a fair statement? I
3: have not chosen.
1: I have not chosen. Oops,
3: I have so Mike chosen you have. Blink-182. All right.
4: Dan's a follower. All right.
5: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to have to agree. I think like, it was between The Killers and Weezer on that second row, but I'm going to have to go with The Killers. Pat made a good argument for that. My biggest difference was just I
0: picked The Offspring instead.
5: Yeah, of- if
4: you want to just go through and just list our differences, we don't even have to. I
0: don't think I have the same as anybody else. So
3: I don't, I don't necessarily – maybe – I definitely don't. I don't know. Let's see, Kyle. What are you go for? Uh, so if I
0: had to go from top to bottom, I'm going to go Green Day because my first album I ever bought was Mary. Yeah, and baby. I stand Green Day so hard. Uh, the Killers, just because fucking duh. Uh, from Rung Three, I'm going to have to go with Paramore, despite the fact that they haven't really been the same band. Dude, They've got I consistently good music they're, for they're relevant, a long though. time. They're still yeah, relevant. Yeah, they're still Absolutely. relevant. She is like, so incredibly talented. And then my wild card is Boys. I don't like
4: what she's done with her hair, though.
0: I don't like what she's done with her hair either. I don't but like what she's done with her hair. It's her own life, and she has more money than God. <laughs> so.
1: um,
0: and boys like girls is my wild card
1: to to kind of be different from everybody else. I kind of went with the Manhattan College group, so I did uh, also choose AAR because they put on a fantastic mm-hmm. show at yes. MC. They killed it. <clears throat> and similarly with boys like girls, they put on a great show at MC as well for our spring festival. If you don't know, um, we had like a spring concert. Like I'm sure most colleges do. Again, taking nothing away from the killers or anyone else, I just. I'm gonna go with a little uh, hometown college love here, and just say those two are the two that stuck out for me. Yeah, Tommy, uh, it sounded like you were on the same wavelength as as Kyle at least initially. Yeah, yeah, kind
3: of. Well, sort of like a hybridized list, I guess, compared to all of yours. So I did go with Green Day on the you know the five dollar choice. Four dollar choice, I went with My Chemical Romance. Ooh, um, good, good answer. Yeah, Sir? yeah. I used to bump My Chemical Romance to. Uh, oh, verbal
4: meme. Parents listening to their kids listen to My Chemical Romance. Is this Satan? Is this Satan? My three dollar
3: well. pick was also Paramore. Paramore shouts, and then Dan, I was gonna go with Boys Like Girls for that wild card pick as well.
4: I think you gotta throw an honorable mention. If you're, um, I know a lot of our female friends are big All Time Low fans. They they are pretty good as well. I don't know if anyone had that. I don't, I don't think anyone. I anyone think had they're had also just $2. like
1: but. very hot. I, will, I want to hear uh, Carl's answers too, because Carl and you haven't gotten a chance to give your responses yet. So, who are your top three in your wild card?
2: Uh, so, number one, I'm going to go with Carl. the obvious Blink 182. I actually went to see them live. It was a, a Blink 182 concert, and Little Wayne opened up for them at the Barclays.
4: That happened recently, right? Like a yeah. year ago?
2: Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting combination, I'd say. I was going to say. it it was a pretty good uh pretty good concert uh number two i'm gonna go with panic of the disco i have some good memories with that with that band uh and then my wild card last pick is gonna be mayday parade i've been fucking with them on spotify lately
4: yeah nice i think i think there is one cause we can all get behind the killers well that and good charlotte does in, in no way belongs in the top row i
0: agree i think all Rejects yeah, deserves to be or the killers either of those two deserve to be yeah. i would there. i would be
4: okay with substituting the killers and, and uh with i think good charlotte should be like two or three probably. yeah i agree i agree i I, never, I don't know i'm, I'm biased because i wasn't i was never a big good, uh, good charlotte fan but they had some good no, music, the, but the, the
0: Killers gets are stuck better. out
1: yeah the, the killers, killers are, are i
0: mean Mr. Brightside hasn't, still hasn't left the charts in England since
1: it was released. So then, Pat, if you – I'm curious because obviously those are your first two, the Blink and then the Killers. So if the Killers were also put into five, would you still choose Blink or would you choose the Killers? I, as your, I probably
4: your would still choose Blink, but it would be – I would probably do – the Killers and Green Day would probably be tied. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: But I don't know. I'm a big uh, punk rock guy, so that's why this list of that's me, and I wanted to share it with with y'all. So we'll have this list up. If you guys want to make any comments and decide on your own, or shame us for our
1: musical choices,
4: yeah, or we can do that.
1: (laughs) Pat, I'll pose this question to you because you are the one who found this list. If you had to choose your favorite song from the bands that you chose, what would your favorite song be out of all the bands that you selected?
4: So do I have to pick, just so I understand your question bands.: one song from one of the bands.
1: As your favorite of, of them all. Uh,
4: I'll tell you one that just immediately sticks out is All These Things That I've Done by the Killers. I was going to say either that or underrated. Smile Like You Mean It. Smile Like You Mean It is an underrated fantastic song, but the only yeah. reason I say that is because everyone is so gung-ho on Mr. Brightside. And although recently the debate of When You Were Young versus Mr. Brightside, there are some people who stand when you were young over Mr. Brightside, which...
0: All these things that I've done, I think, is my favorite killer song.
4: And when they played it when we were out that one night uh, at a... Oh, so drunk. At that bar. <laughs>
5: uh, the, the cover band did a fantastic job. They killed it. Oh, my God. Not,
4: not a song you typically would play. Um, no. And people, They had the people range on the guitar. Yeah.
0: It was impressive.
4: So I would go with that or uh, take a look at the... Um, I didn't select this, but check, t- uh, take a look at the Teal album by Weezer. I don't know if that was your, what you were going to say, Mike.
5: No, no, I was saying we're missing, a, like, an incredible, like, this was part of our generation. I feel like everybody angst it out to this. You're missing Anthem Part 2 by Blank182.
4: That's a great song. Mm. It's, it's people, it's better than Anthem Part 1. Um, I will say that. But that, that entire album, listen to Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, start to finish. There's not a bad song on that album.
5: Oh, yeah. No, that's that's like a, probably a once a month on the way home from work. Cause it's like a 40-minute album. You can listen to the whole thing.
1: And I do it probably once or twice a month. Well, yeah, I think we all made some, some good choices. There's obviously a plethora of awesome bands here. So not an easy choice, but can't really go wrong no matter which way you choose with all these bands, all really great teenage angsty songs that got us through our troubled high school days. So moving on from Pat's pop punk auction list here, we're actually going to move over to Mike's Music question of the week, what which I control, believe Daniel? has to do with a conspiracy theory. Yeah, so this
5: is actually the the, the debate started, um, you know, the background on this issue was we kind of had a discussion whether or not this is a phenomena or there is a little bit of conspiracy. I know Pat was on the side of conspiracy, whereas Daniel and I both believe that it's kind of just a historical phenomena. And what I want to talk about tonight is the 27 Club. So for those of you at home who don't know necessarily what the 27 Club is, 27 Club is You know, when Kurt Cobain died, statisticians sort of took a look at the ages in which famous musicians have died, whether it be from natural causes or drug overdose, Mm -hmm. suicide, murder, things of that nature. So the 27 Club, uh, you know, statisticians started to look at after the death of Cobain that there was some sort of there was three hot numbers uh, where a majority of very high level musicians died and it was 25, 32 or 33 and then the big one is 27. So 27, uh, you know, just to kind of highlight some of the, the high name people, when you think about it, you think about Brian Jones from the Rolling Stones, Jimi Hendrix of, you know, one of the greatest guitarists of all time, Janis Joplin, uh, Jim Morrison of The Doors, obviously Kurt Cobain. And- Amy Winehouse? Yeah, Janis most-
4: Joplin, did you say her?
5: Yeah, and most recently, Amy Winehouse. Um, so there's been a lot of people that have died about it. There's been a lot of pop culture references to it. A lot of people made songs about it. Most recently, Mac Miller, who actually didn't even make it to 27 Club. He he passed away when he was in his 26th year. Um, But there is, if you can go online, there's probably about 50 or 60 people that you would consider very high level musicians, uh, dating back over 100, 125 years, where they all passed away when they were 27 years old. So we got into this discussion, Pat believes that there is some sort of conspiracy here. I'm thinking that it's maybe on the whole like white lighter theory. I'm not sure if he's yeah,
4: it's the like, white lighter thing.
5: Yeah, the white lighter theory. Um, but
0: for, you know, you for, don't fuck with the white lighter theory.
5: Yeah, for Daniel don't ever,
4: like,
0: ever.
5: Yeah, the white lighter ever. Thing, a couple of you have fucked with the white lighter <laughs> thing because I found white letters in my room and I'm like, who the hell put this here?
0: That's um, mine. I like
5: tempting uh, with the devil. Fate, fate put it there. Listen, listen. Well, If I'm dead in three years, you'll know what happened. The devil and I have an agreement. All right. So, Pat, I want you to kind of show your work on why you think that there's a conspiracy here. Maybe if you want to dive into what you think about the the, uh, the white lighter theory. And then I I want to try and rebut it a little bit.
4: Okay. I mean, I feel like you said most of it. But, uh, yeah, so essentially all these musicians. I I think there there might be even a couple more than the ones you've listed um, that uh, apply to this kind of umbrella of died under... I think it was mainly mainly drug overdoses, but I think a couple of them... I know in Kurt Cobain's case was a suicide by shotgun. Shotgun to the mouth.
5: Indeed. Yeah. So it was Hendrix, Joplin, Morrison, and Cobain.
4: So I, I to, to, to that point, I think there's a lot of people who have died, especially in the music industry, who have um, died too young, I'm sure. And I think... I don't know. Not to agree too much with uh, not conspiracy theory, but there's a lot of people who own white lighters. I will say that like white lighters is probably one of the most common ones out there. I, I again, I don't, uh, maybe people who are more into the cigarette game can confirm, but I don't know. I think like there's a lot of names on that list and I, I, re- I really, I don't want really just wants it to be a conspiracy
0: like theory. That. That's what he's saying.
3: Yes, too. he definitely. All
0: does. I'll say is here's my rebuttal to that. Mr. Patrick, um, <clears throat> One of Amy Winehouse's last really famous songs was. The lyrics said, "And I quote, they try to make me go to rehab, but I said, no, no, no." And
4: then everyone she died. Of everyone knows of that song. Nervous. Yeah, everyone knows that song. So, she was
1: alcohol poisoning. Oh, okay, so,
0: alcohol.
5: Sorry,
4: she yeah. also liked. Oh.
1: heroin.
0: She liked heroin
1: a lot too. I was, yeah, it doesn't change. Yeah, but. Yeah, sorry, she, was, she was into everything. No,
5: no. Yeah. Like to, to rebut the whole white lighter theory, so. Everyone thought this. This was kind of the urban legend. It's like, you know, Marilyn Manson's missing a rib so he could suck his own dick. Like, it's just kind of something that everyone always talked about, especially as you got into uh, – was that something that everyone always talked about?
3: Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. Uh, totally. Yeah.
5: That, that was a locker room talk.
3: I've <laughs> heard about that shit before, yeah.
5: Um, but – so, the, here's the two the main rebuttals for that theory, and this is why I think that it's kind of just the – a phenomena that happened and the other thing is that most of these people did like we talked about dried, died of some sort of drug overdose or were involved heavily in the drug culture and so because Vic did not produce these letters oftentimes just having an old disposable lighter in your pocket that's the underneath color of all lighters. every single lighter yeah yeah every single lighter is white underneath so if you just had a lighter for a very long time like you'd have a white lighter because whatever cheap paint they put on it so I think it's just, a, it just it's a very, very weird coincidence that they all happen to have it. Um, I don't think that there is any sort of conspiracy or myth surrounding the White Lighter curse.
0: So, also, it was back in the day when literally everyone smoked cigarettes.
4: Yeah, but I don't know. Could you make the argument, though, that Courtney Love was working for the Illuminati to confirm the White Lighter, the White Lighter theory by taking matters into her own hands? No, we could certainly make the argument
0: that Courtney Love shot Kurt Cobain in the fucking mouth, though. Yeah, the white lighter theory didn't exist because
5: the 27 Club didn't really exist until after Kurt Cobain's. So. I'm saying,
4: though, like maybe she realized the trend because all those deaths happened. Most of those deaths happened before Kurt Cobain, actually. Like Bro, there was before. no
0: internet. She did not have yeah, the it, time or the brain power to do but that. But she research.
4: probably had a lot of friends in high places and probably knew the circumstances of all the deaths. I doubt she not. had
0: friends in high places. Maybe her drug dealer.
5: Dude, it was the '90s. She could probably barely remember what she did. Yes, the day before. Like, the I'm just playing
4: months. devil's advocate here for that particular. Case. They were throwing. I, snow I don't out even. Their noses I don't even think
5: like I don't even think that west. she
4: killed him, although Mike does, I so. fully believe she killed him.
5: Oh yeah, hundred percent. Watch everyone go home. We could probably do an episode, a conspiracy episode on it. Go home, watch all the documentaries. Netflix has like 15 of them. Um, you don't have
0: to watch all 15, listeners.
5: Yeah, you can watch a handful of them. They're all going to say either the same thing: Courtney Love killed him, and or. Well, she might have killed him, but we're also going to say it was a fishy suicide. Like, none of them are like,
1: oh, yeah, he definitely killed himself. There's no. There's no 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 epistemic evidence. evidence. Yeah. And just just a reference, obviously, speaking on the topic of Kurt Cobain, I'm looking at the list of the 27 Club right now, and it's in chronological order, and Kurt Cobain is actually exactly in the middle of the list. So there's a lot of people before him, a lot of people who come after. So, yeah. Not sure how that one's taken, but. He's basically right in the middle of that list.
5: But actually, going off that too, I picked a few. I picked three artists that I wanted to get everyone's opinion on, and it was Kurt Cobain, uh, Jim Morrison, and Jimi Hendrix. Those three artists, I wanted to kind of get everyone's opinion or some people's opinion on what they think the sta- like the status of music, may have been, or what would have happened if they had remained alive, like they had not passed away in the early part or in the prime of their career
4: if Kurt Cobain still lived and the greatest band of all time Foo Fighters probably would have never formed so
3: wow very true
4: yeah
5: but would you say that maybe then Dave <laughs> Grohl would have taken a lot of the Foo Fighters songs um and they would have been Nirvana songs which would have just only increased the greatness of Nirvana
3: well he stepped up into a yeah into he was he was role. a drummer not not the lead
4: singer and guitarist of the band uh mm-hmm. yeah but kurt but... cobain wrote all the songs dude he stepped up into a void yeah i agree mm-hmm. completely
0: i would say i'm not i don't like the doors i will go on record as saying that and i know that a lot of Jimi hendrix's more famous songs were sort of stuff that had been previously written that he sort of put his spin on and and, but i think that not that he could have done a tremendous amount of music but it would have been really amazing to see what he would have done you know going forward just somebody who's just that skilled if you you know listen to some of the original stuff you can find you know live concerts of his on youtube and um vinyl from from jimmy hendrix from from day one it, it's unbelievable what, what he was able to do with a guitar how
4: do you not think? like the doors dude
0: uh i don't want fucking organ in my rock music
4: roadhouse blues is like a slapper. listen to that song i don't like the doors i've listened to
0: it all trust me i have multiple doors records about 20 feet from me still in the plastic from the 70s i don't like the doors
5: I don't know, man. They brought in the whole era of like prog rock, which
4: definitely opened the doors.
3: I don't like prog rock
5: at all. But but prog rock opened the doors for all the stuff
0: that we listen to
4: nowadays. I know. I like to pretend it didn't happen. Was that a pun? Uh,
0: Well, if it wasn't, it was fantastic.
4: And if it was, it was all right. It was so sly. It it just snuck right in there. Okay, Tom, you are going to say something.
3: Oh, no. I mean, this era of music, I feel like there's so much more collaboration. There's so many more features. I would think that jimmy hendrix would sort of tread the line between sampling more in like in jazz and hip-hop as well as like be featured in rock songs i feel like he would have like a a bigger footprint in the music industry than solely being an amazing rock guitarist um i agree so it probably it would have been cool to see but yeah i like that I, that's a good
1: perspective tom i like that if i could i'd like to pose my question to the group So for anyone who doesn't really know me really before this, music has really been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. I mean, I've played piano since I was like four or five years old. I've tried to play different instruments and it's just a big part of, you know, my family and upbringing and everything. So it's always had a big impact on my life. And something that's always been really interesting to me is the psychological effects of listening to certain types of music. So you think of examples when you are reminiscing about a good time in your life, you think of songs that bring you back to these happy memories your brain releases dopamine and all sorts of neurotransmitters that make you feel happier and more elevated uh, because you hear that particular song or on the other side, there are songs that you associate with sadness, or uh, you think of like breakup songs, for example, that make you feel a certain way and bring out even more emotions in you. If you were listening to the song as opposed to not. So I've always found that like psychological element really interesting. So I'm curious for you guys, are there any songs, whether it's happy, sad, whatever that bring out like a big emotional effect for you. So for me, I mean, I'll give a couple examples to kind of start the argument. The song, let it be from Paul McCarty and the Beatles. That's one of the first songs I learned on the piano when I was young. It's just something that I feel like when I sit down and play it, whether I'm in a good mood or bad mood, it just automatically makes me feel better and more relaxed. You know, I think. One song, my favorite artist I'd say right now is Post Malone. I think a song I think of when we were all in college, the song Go Flex, just a good song that makes you think of having fun with you guys and being out at parties and just having a good time. So I always get in a good mood listening to that song. I mean, those are just a couple of examples that I can think of off the top of my head that I know when I listen to it, I just immediately, my mood is elevated and I feel better. But I'm curious if you guys have any examples off the top of your mind of songs that have those effects on you guys as well.
0: Just going to preface this by saying, Mike, you can go ahead and drink now because I'm going to talk about it.
4: Um, I <laughs> was studying abroad,
0: Everyone yeah. at home, whenever, <laughs> when I was when I was abroad, I you're
4: listening and you're drinking beer, drinking ended
0: now. up whenever I would fly somewhere. I'd always have my like this kind of standard playlist that I had, which is like you know, sort of relaxing music. Um, and the first three times that I left, like as the plane was taking off, I shuffle I would you know, hit shuffle, whatever, and Fast Car by Jonas Blue came on. So I have a really, really strong, it's both like a fantastic taking me back to a time that was just so fantastic in my life and also taking me back to remembering, you know, leaving, leaving there and, and all the friends that I made and everything. So it's both like a really beautiful memory and like a little bit painful sometimes. Um, but that song always is like a really strong emotional response whenever I see it. And I certainly have my fair share of uh, songs that I put on if I need to, you know, do a little crying, but uh we leave that we'll put that in a box and we'll you know take that box and we'll put it in the warehouse full of other boxes that we will at some point unpack on this uh, on this uh, podcast.
1: I was gonna or say to that box. point really quick before we move on to someone else's song Kyle and I over the weekend decided that on some episode in the future we're actually going to enter that room where we've stored all those boxes and just open them all and see what happens So oh, we are gonna, we're gonna we and you know what we're gonna call it Dan Pandora's box. Mm. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. that'll trick. be a, a treat at some point does someone else have a, a song that comes to the top of their their mind
5: so i always think about i would say maybe i'm gonna go with two songs that affect me and one song that i think has put an effect on all of you um and i'll start with the two that affect me um the first song i would say a feel-good song for me whether i'm feeling down or i'm feeling up um something that just always makes me feel awesome or like amplifies my mood something that just used to happen to me a lot in college Uh, whenever I'd walk out of a test or walk out of, you know, a class or anything stressful. um, I'd always play Island in the Sun by Weezer. And I'm not going to lie, like for the four and a half minutes that it is, I would just kind of zone out and wherever I'd end up, I'd sort of just like kind of pop out of a trance and I'd be really happy for the rest of the day. Even if it meant walking up like 800 stairs to get to our apartment in college. Um, And I would definitely say, a sad song for me um, would be uh, "Last Dance with Mary Jane." Um, just Ooh. I don't know, it's not really that sad. It's not sad, but I would just say like it definitely has more of like a down response, like it's just more of an introspective, kind of a reflective song for me. Um, the mm-hmm. last one I think it, it, this definitely affected everybody else in the group. So back when I was a freshman in college, I was a uh, freshman sophomore in college. I did ROTC, I also had a lot of 8am classes, and um, I picked the most hype song I could possibly think of to get myself out of bed, and that song was the remix to Ignition.
4: Oh uh, my god, no. I knew what this was going, on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only, only you had roommates, dick. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> also, you know why I love this song. R. Kelly, that, that aged really well.
0: He is cancelled. <laughs> he is yeah, so cancelled. No. Canceled. no. I mean, I get the song, but also you woke up all your damn roommates. I wasn't there for it, and I know about
4: it. Yeah, um, I have one that, that might be worse. September. Oh, no, yeah. I, I remember this, Carl, because I, I was roommates with both these fucks. <laughs> <laughs> all I do is win. All I
2: do yeah, is win. I did. All I do is win, because as soon as it started, I was up and fucking smashing my phone to turn it off. <laughs> I'm I had to pick. I had to pick the worst song I could think of.
5: I was an alarm snoozer, so you guys usually got about the first two verses of the remix to
4: ignition before I would. How did that. they not stab you? No, had I've bunk heard. beds, that required me to get up, and I had the top bunk, so I had to. If, if I wanted to hurt him, I would have to do like some sort of funky
1: people's elbow, and that was just too much. So for our listeners, Mike referenced that that started freshman or sophomore year. That carried on until at the least the end of junior year, year, if not senior year. So it that probably continued years. Series.
4: It probably did, but we had separate rooms senior year. But junior year, it still happened. I, Mike yeah. and Tom can allege. Mm-hmm.
5: I just remember yeah. every morning waking up to. I'm gonna start
4: you off with a little preview of the remix, and then just.
0: It's amazing you didn't
5: wake <laughs> up to all
4: a fucking butcher's knife fuck to the yourself. neck at some point. <laughs> yeah. At least, at least <laughs> Carl's logic but like made sense. Like you hated DJ Khaled, so that's why it was hot. So like, <laughs> you're gonna want to get up
1: to change it. So Tommy, what were you gonna say? What's
3: I'm what's now in a bad mood. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I have a couple. So I have like certain pump-up songs that I like. Like I, I, have a task and I'm like getting ready for it, or like just I'm doing busy work and I need something to get myself motivated. I'll listen to like Eminem, like obviously "Lose Yourself" from Eight Mile, uh, till I collapse, and then um, "Stranglehold" by Ted Nugent is a big, big. Blood that's, a long, that's
4: a long song, but a good one. That is yeah, a, that's a really
3: song, good yeah. song. And then you know when I just want to relax and chill myself out i love to listen to a horse with no name and america and, and, you're supposed
0: to name the fucking horse
3: and that's and, why the uh, horse has no that's, name that's the name turn the page by bob Seeger. just because they're both like Ooh. such if you listen to them they're both very descriptive songs they're like, of one another they are they're both like set in the desert and it's very descriptive the songs like are I mean, "Horse Window" name is more melodic than "Turn the Page," but they're both like really chill and like calm songs. And then I also like "Give a Little Bit" by Supertramp as well. Um, sort of like an upbeat message to uh, to not be a jerk all the time. Why aren't you listening?
0: I was gonna say Mike needs to listen to that more.
3: I'll
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, so, start playing uh, to... "Remix to Ignition" on your Google Home.
1: On Saturday okay. morning. Fun fact, it's unplugged, so. <laughs> well, two quick comments on that, Tom. First of all, turn the page. Bob Seeger is a absolute slapper. Great song.
3: Legendary. Secondly,
1: I feel like Pat and Kyle, you guys will especially appreciate this. Till I Collapse from Eminem, immediately in my mind, brings me back to seventh grade, the uh, trailer for Modern Warfare 2. Oh, yeah. That. that was the, the song in that. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yep. Oh. It- Wait guys
5: speaking of that we're missing a, we're missing an obvious one uh, painted black rolling stones call of Ooh, duty black ops when you're playing yeah. the, the boat mission and you're just tra- no it's not
0: that's not painted it black that's, it's painted black it's Paint it it's
5: uh, yeah, no, uh, for the devil for, for
0: the devil. devil
4: thank you thank you <laughs> those are
0: okay so those songs are what i like to call not at all the same
4: <laughs> so different um, <laughs> so <laughs> very different that, that actually um Painted opens up black, with bongos, black ops
0: opens uh, – no black
4: ops one but, okay. No, no, right. what, okay,
0: yeah, I think they were all in there, they all yeah, yeah, there. Sympathy for the Devil, that mission, 100%. it
5: was all Vietnam music, gotcha. yeah. It was like, um, actually, is a good jumping
4: point, really quick, to my uh, yes. couple songs that I had, which was yeah. um, uh, my personal favorite from this band, and this is kind of again, this takes from the Vietnam era music, but uh, Who'll Stop the Rain by Creedence Clearwater? Mm. Great, song. okay, I'll allow it. Mm. Great song, Great song. Um, <laughs> um, a couple uh, other good ones, one that. Really, will make makes me pumped up, and I don't know, just a really good uh, has a really good guitar solo. Listen to a little Achilles Last Stand by Led Zeppelin.
3: Ooh, that's it's a long song. Great a,
0: song. Led Zeppelin's with the king of long songs.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think anything th- that wasn't released in an album, but uh, it was released after they actually broke up. But it was a really good song. And then another one gets going with a little bit more with the pop punk vibe. Uh, listen to a little Taking Back Sunday, a little Cute Without the E, um, particularly kind. the live acoustic version. Recommend it
2: which we've seen in person yeah so carl yeah carl what about you we haven't heard from you so i don't have like songs that necessarily stick out um specifically um except for one from college uh, where i killed you guys with the song believe by share (laughs) (laughs) okay okay Okay.
0: okay yes correct <laughs> that song is an anthem absolutely uh yes Dude, who has correct. the video there's
5: a video on my instagram if somebody can pull it off my instagram of all of us singing and carl i've never seen him so into something in his life <laughs> i've seen Dude, the video I, and i can I absolutely
2: don't like, confirm. i don't like that video yeah. really. so that's like one song <laughs> that sticks out but i'm trying to get into like vinyl records and um one of my a couple of my friends, they got me two Mac Miller well, one Mac Miller album and I bought a second one. Uh the one they got me was watching movies with the sound off. Mm-hmm. And then um I got uh circles when it came out. So I'm trying to like start to listen to albums from start to finish because um they're like designed for that just to like flow into each other and supposed to put you in a mood.
4: You better not become one of those snobs who are like, it's so much better when you listen to it on vinyl than... Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, but, um, okay, I'm going to be honest with you. The media matters less than the headphones. Mm, okay.
4: That's a little controversial. I feel like you took exception to that, Tom.
3: I mean, it depends on the person, but uh, the headphones definitely make the experience, I would say. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's
0: what I mean. Like, you're... Um, at the end of the day, the MP4 mp3 quality is similar to a vinyl maybe you get a little bit more sort of you know total complete sound out of the vinyl but if you're listening to either an apple out of the box air you know air that you plug into your fucking phone or if you're listening in studio you know really expensive studio headphones it's a different world completely
3: yeah and you're I th- tuned out of everything else around you exactly
5: I still think that there's more to it than just like, I know I agree with you. The sound is probably identical, if not, maybe even a little bit better these days with what we can get out of a computer, but there's something to the psychological and the aspect of listening to a record on a vinyl. It's just, there's something that you that in your psyche changes when you are listening to a song. I mean, you know, it, Kyle, we've spent plenty of evenings blasting records and doing um, drinking. Yes. Yeah. Drinking and, and, stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't know. They're walking around the apartment Not
0: singing like morons. Yeah, night. it's a, it's a more right. active... I'm really good at that.
5: It's a more on. active, more thought-out process. You're more actively listening. You're hearing those imperfections in the record. You're hearing the imperfections in the stylus. You're hearing the like pure sound cutting through that. I don't know. I think just mentally you feel a lot better, and I think that's why the listening to a record on a vinyl, which I know a lot of people never get the experience to as we get further along. I mean, it's starting to make a comeback, but a lot of people still will never listen to anything on vinyl and it's something you should definitely do. It's, it's a changing musical experience.
2: Yeah. And hopefully I could get into that. And I know you have a lot of records, Mike too. So we'll, we'll be, uh we'll be in touch, but in general, like um, I, I listen to like certain artists, like to calm down. Like I listen to like stoner artists, like Wiz Khalifa, Travis Scott, like people like that when I'm like trying to like calm down after a hard day, but uh mostly i listen to the bands that we've talked about before in our ranking during work to like stay focused and stay uh energetic and on the job i'm actually a little surprised that you didn't list uh tiptoeing
1: in my jordans from oh, Good Lord. As one of your songs <laughs> oh my god dude
2: a little riffraff <laughs> how, how could that have slipped my mind i'm so uh embarrassed very right easily now. very easily i'm so happy it
1: did jesus Yeah. Yeah, it's good to see everybody has songs that obviously bring up certain emotions of them. It's really easy to see the power that music has. Obviously cool to see how that kind of infiltrates everyone's lives differently. But next question I want to go to is Carl. So kind of going off some songs that have meaning to us might pertain to some of our favorite artists. So Carl, what's what's your question kind of relating to that?
2: So I have two quick questions. First one is, what is your first concert that you remember, that you've gone to. And the second part of that question is, what is your most memorable concert that you have gone to? Um, I'll start. My first concert, it was, I think it was in 2006. I was young. Um, It was a Journey concert at Jones Beach. Um, I don't know who opened. It was like an, um, an up and coming band, but I do, remember that vividly because the lead singer set himself on fire.
4: Kitty Lee? Is that who it is? No
2: doubt. Kitty Lee is
4: the lead singer of Rush. That's what I said.
2: And then uh, my most memorable concert, somehow I went to, ended up at a Brad Paisley concert and I left after <laughs> his second song and that was also at Jones Beach and I was an a half away. <laughs> yeah, it was memorable. Really memorable. <laughs>
3: it's
2: memorable because it was so bad and
4: I had to uh, <laughs> In that case, Fair. I have a great, I have a great memorable. But I'm sorry, uh, unless someone else wants. Shaggy,
3: uh, Kelly Pickler.
4: Kelly Pickler, which I'm <laughs> I'll, I'll say the first, the first concert I really remember attending. I went to a, uh, a Cheap Trick concert. I think when I was like, in middle school or high school, um, and I, the reason it's memorable oh, is because, dude. so they didn't even play that song. They played a few really? songs. They played it's a few garbage. songs. garbage. Uh, well, the reason is because it started thunderstorming out, and then. Marty Markowitz of... Uh, no shit. Yeah. I think he's like the organized... Some sort of... uh, That's his name, Marty Markowitz. What the uh, fuck,
3: Marty?
5: Wasn't he like the borough president of Brooklyn? Bur-
4: borough yeah, president he Brown, was I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, went on stage like, yeah, we're going to have to cancel the... We have to cancel this because then just dorms. Uh, and then let like, <laughs> the guy... <laughs> and then uh, what's his face? Yeah. Took the mics like, all right, we're going to play like a 12-minute song because we only have one song left. Oh, God. That's why. And then it was just like... And then I went home and I was like, they played, they didn't really play any of their, their bangers, but. they hadn't gotten to them yet.
0: Any of their banger. What is your most memorable concert
4: Though, i say most memorable is, I guess, probably the one I most recently went to, um, went to a U2 concert I think a year and a half ago, or actually probably two years ago now. I think Bono still sounded really good. I know there's a lot of U2 haters because of that really bad album they put on everyone's iPods. Um, but they had a lot of good old, like good old stuff. And mm. that's what they mostly focused on playing. So um, I really like that.
0: Kyle, how about you? Uh, so my first concert was actually ended up kind of being really special. Um, when I was in high school, I was a junior. It's like one of the first I, I drove. That's why I really remember this. And I went my our friend Joe. Um, I got to see uh, Linkin Park at Jones Beach, uh, who who uh, had Incubus open for them, which was wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I have to say, and I know that it's not possible to see them in their full glory anymore. And rest in peace, Chester. Um, they were unreal. Absolutely unbelievable. The concert was fantastic. They played forever. They did three on-gories. It was pouring rain. They did not stop, and it was just something else. And um, yeah. most, I think my, <clears throat> my favorite of all time, I'm gonna have to go with Maroon 5 at Madison Square Garden. First time they ever played Madison Square Garden. It was right after payphone came out. I'm a huge Maroon Five fanboy, and they played everything you wanted to hear. And Adam Lambert even took a shirt off—not Adam Lambert, sorry—Adam Levine even took his shirt off, and I was very happy. So,
4: well, Adam Lambert also probably closer to your demographic, though.
1: Well, closer to my demographic, <laughs> but is the lead singer of Queen now. So, well, I was going to say quickly to your point, Kyle, R.I.P. Chester. We were—I think—pretty sure all of us were supposed to go to the Lincoln Park and Blink A Two concert at all City f- Field. All six of us. all six of us back in I think it was 2016 or 27 was it 2017 2017 was was after 17 and it was terrible because the concert was supposed to be that Friday it was in August and then I think that Tuesday is the day that um, Chester unfortunately um took his life so five or six days beforehand yeah Yeah, it it was very was very soon before um so obviously they had to cancel the concert and very, very sad. But I do think that if that concert was to happen, I think a lot of us would say it'd probably be up there as a memorable concert because two just amazing yeah. bands. And, and, and
4: the Wu-Tang Clan. And Wu-Tang Clan, and
1: and Wu-Tang we'll and too.
4: Oh, and I MGK. Mean,
1: yeah, you can't, you can't forget <laughs> about that. MGK was the opener. <laughs> MGK. <laughs> yeah, but Mike, what, what would you say? Uh, first concert and the most memorable for you? Uh, so technically my first
5: concert, I saw like Alabama when I was a kid. I don't remember it at all, so I'm not going to consider that. Uh, I was in middle school, maybe like sixth grade the first one i really remember was i saw santana and the los lonely boys i don't know if any of you guys Ooh. remember los Lonely boys they had like yeah. one really good album about 15 years ago um
1: they had that song heaven
5: yeah and, they were on
0: the radio 24 uh, 7
5: yeah they were like yep. a z100 plug for an entire summer <laughs> so i saw santana and the los lonely boys and i remember it because my dad reminds me about this all the time they picked me up my parents picked me up from two days of football practice and i was exhausted took me to the mm, concert, having a great time, and I'm pretty sure I got a contact high because I passed out in the middle of the Oye Como Va solo. My dad has never let oh. me let it down.
4: So I've seen Santana
5: <laughs> another time after that, stayed awake, and I was supposed to see him again this summer, and it obviously got pushed, but definitely Santana it was my first real concert, and I've seen him, and now will be the, the, almost the third time that I'm going to see him. Highly recommend. My most memorable concert um, would probably be seeing the Red Hot Chili Peppers at uh, Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Absolutely unbelievable show. I couldn't possibly recommend it to anybody else. Just seeing a show at Madison Square Garden is something to build. plus see Personally, my favorite band. Um, it was something that I've always wanted to do. It was kind of one of those bucket list items and it lived up to the hype. They played their... I mean, Red Hot Chili Peppers, if you're a fan, they haven't really made any bad music. they made maybe albums recently that weren't the best, but they still make great songs on those albums. And so they played all their great stuff they played all their classics they came out with um yeah it was like two or three encores they played all night i was super drunk i had a great time um so that would be always the best my most memorable concert experience
1: uh tommy how about you what would you say well who was your first and the most memorable for you all
3: right so both of them i went to with my dad the first one was i guess you guys were counting little kid stuff but i'm gonna count little kid stuff because i it's like wiggles no, this guy called, named John Farrell, he, like, sang, ch- like, children's songs. And he had this one song that I was obsessed with. And it was about eating apples and bananas. And I would... <laughs> Yo, I fucking know, know that song. I know the song. Is
0: that, <laughs> that, no, apple? I, is that the apples and bananas?
5: Yeah, it is. <laughs> Yo. Oh, my God.
3: So he actually, he lived in my <laughs> town for a while before he moved. And um, he was, like, a local celebrity, so he had, like, concerts like, little shows for kids um, a lot of the time, and I, my dad took me to go see him once. That's so crazy that you guys know that song.
1: No, it's a uh, pretty famous kid song. Yeah, like, yeah, just so we're all he,
3: aware of his
0: level of fame, just so we all know. His website is a .dot net .dot not a .dot com. Moving on. Tom, what's <laughs> All right, your
3: next... so I think the other one I'm gonna have to say I saw ELO at MSG with my dad uh, August 2018, and that was so sick. Um, they they're so theatrical and they put on such a show. Like they had fireworks and everything like that. And I mean, my dad listened to them growing up, and I've been listening to them. know growing up as well because he listens to them so we had we just had a blast it was awesome
1: I think quickly for me the first concert that I really remember my parents and I think I was like seven or eight took me to actually see Paul McCartney which was unbelievably cool that kind of sparked you know when I was young like I mentioned like learning how to play Beatles songs on the piano and stuff to get to see him live in action was was so cool and then I would say most memorable I think uh it's a toss-up for me between actually seeing Billy Joel and an old stereotypical Long Island answer, but Billy Joel at MSG, because the entire arena just sings every song with him. And it was just so much fun. He plays for like three, four hours. And for me personally, getting to go see Post Malone this past year was really, really cool. Obviously, like I mentioned, Post, he's my favorite artist right now. And getting to go see him just be on stage and get drunk and sing with us for a you know hour or two was, was definitely cool. So Tom, I know you had a question kind of pertaining to how music has transformed over the years so what was your music question?
3: Yeah so mine's like pretty general and you know obviously like you said music's changed a lot since you know we were born and um, you know a lot of us and have have you know have listened to music from the late 90s and early to mid 2000s but I, my question to you guys is overall like where do you see music trending like in comparison to you know when we were younger do you guys prefer music from the 90s and early 2000s or do you prefer music from now and I mean obviously you can say you can give more than one opinion for different types of music but I'm just curious to to hear overall what you guys you know what you think what would you say I would I mean generally overall I would say uh, music from you know, the 90s, to 2000s, and, um, you know, even before that. But in terms of hype music and, like, shit that we listen to when we want to, like, hang out with our friends and, like, pregame too, like, you can't – I feel like you can't necessarily play that kind of music and and be able to – like, music from the 90s or, like, music – like, like old rock that we like from the 70s and 80s and, and bullshit while you're pregaming, like, it's different. I
4: I think there's a place for both of it, I think. Um, I think, yeah, to your point, when we're listening to music now, it's all, um, like, I know one art, um, I guess, playlist that's super popular on Spotify right now, Friday Beers, Tasty Licks, shout out. Tasty Licks. They keep adding more music, uh, like, within the last year that's come out. Um, It's just a good, like, modern party playlist when a bunch of the lads drinking some crispy boys, if you know what I'm saying.
3: Hell Um, yeah, brother.
4: But I I think so when we're listening um, I think on an individual basis or when we're together but in a more chill vibe atmosphere. So if we're together, I don't know, maybe smoking a cigar or two, maybe sipping on some brown water. Um, I feel like that's like the the 90s and I would say even the era before that. I think that's a good uh,
2: mode. Um, I think it depends on the vibe we're trying to go uh, go for. Um, I'm definitely not a fan of most of the artists that have Lil in their first name, like I, I agree,
0: full yeah. support and endorsement from Kyle. What about um, Duh, like, D,
4: like Da, like the uh, baby?
2: Same. do I don't know him well enough to like form an opinion about his music, but for the most part, like I, I would go towards the older music, what we grew up on the, the '90s, early 2000s, that kind of rap, and uh, um, that's that's more for me, I think.
5: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I I'm gonna continue the trend here, but I, I feel like I want to make some points to defend us a little bit more, because I know everyone's like, oh, you guys are old, like that's what you're gonna say, of course, like you don't get the whole sound. Okay, also, if any,
0: hold on, hold on, time out. If anyone calls us old, a kick you in the fucking teeth.
5: No, I, I think that it's it's just a huge problem with quality and quantity right now. Everyone has the ability to make music, and it's seemingly like everyone has the ability to put out music and find someone to publish them. And then I guess it allows for an audience. Um, it's very similar to our lives with social media. Like everyone can be an influencer now based on what they put out and not necessarily the quality of the content that they put out. hundred uh, <coughs> percent. I was going to say prime <laughs> oh, example, sorry, I have a, a, Jake Paul. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and that's just a culture fit. So I think that there is hidden in what we listen to today. There is a lot of very good music again, not my favorite, but like, Ariana Grande, like very, she's got a she's a quality singer. Um, Dua Lipa, um, I think there's a lot of there's
4: a lot of um, Steinfeld.
5: There's a lot of DJs coming out. Calvin Harris, um, you know, guys who can really immensely talented
0: I, people who yeah,
5: people I just know. kind of
0: say they push a lot of buttons, but they're more talented than most musicians will ever be.
5: People that are that were, were called like producers, um, you know, back in the day. Like Dr Dre made a whole album about how people thought he was like he went to shit, but he was really just producing music. Well, now those people that sat in the background and made all the beats and made all the music um have a lot of
4: their time um, sh- they're trying to show yeah. here.
5: i just think there's a lot of there's a lot of talent out there so people are seeing you know you're getting five six seven artists sometimes on a song and there's just a lot going yeah. on it's like the add of our generation it's it we're the spongebob generation you can look into it but our attention spans were ruined because spongebob and cartoons had very short choppy um like three 10 minute segments or three eight minute segments inside a small episode so like that's yeah. kind of the way we live our lives but if you look back you know, you'll never have the ballads. Like I look back at Billy Joel, I was listening to you scenes from an Italian restaurant the other day. Oof. And Oof. Of regardless of who you are, you know, I, I respect a lot of it because I played in a band. I was in, you know, a band in high school. I know some of you were played instruments, but like, you know, the fact of the matter that a, a man took a, an accordion in like the eighties and a saxophone and a clarinet and like where it was able to make an iconic rock song, a rock ballad, like that's unbelievable. I know Kyle, you don't know, like the doors, but like the organ, um, you can see- it's the only
0: part of the doors I don't like is that fucking
5: instrument. I know. I, I saw Rush and Rush's three guys on stage where sometimes they're playing two guitars. Neil Perry's playing a 360 degree drum set. Geddy Lee's- uh, But Geddy Lee's playing a bass and there's like weird electronic instrument where he moves his hand up and down and creates sound. Like you'll never have the ability of like two, three, four guys who wrote all their music uh, and, and girls um, who wrote all their music and are pushing it out. So you're not gonna have that. And when you go out to a bar, you can see it everywhere when you go to a bar and somebody plays the new like da baby everyone's like oh okay cool this is really fun or like it's pre-game it's going on in the background somebody puts on um i don't know we were talking about earlier like one of those 90s pop punk you want to put on green day we were sitting in an uber coming back to the city one night and we sat there for 45 minutes singing every single green day song yeah everyone freaks
3: out we
5: go out to a live music bar and every song they play is like 80s, 90s and early 2000s rock or maybe covers of the pop songs from those generations. That was yeah. quality music and it's generational music. So I don't know. You're it never going to be able to top that.
0: I am going to come to the defense of new music and people like...
4: Okay, uh, Lady Gaga.
0: Tame Impala. I know it's a really cliche thing, but I don't know if people understand his process. He writes the song and then he writes the music on every instrument and then he plays and records the music on every instrument and then he layers it together and makes a song of only him.
4: A lot of, a lot of old bands used to do that. Yeah, that. Paul Prince McCartney. But Prince he's it. Prince did that, Prince wrote, Okay,
0: yeah, so the, he played exactly. Every, so you're saying you're never gonna get these people again. Here's one of them. Calvin mm. Harris does the same thing. He plays almost every instrument. He also sings on a lot of his songs. These guys are equally as talented as they were in the past. They're just using a different medium.
4: They're using, I think it's. I think All a lot of it. A lot of it is just the sound. I, think it's a lot, a I, I don't think it's necessarily think you, the, the process. I think it's just the the production. You you you're going to be biased. somebody towards...
0: like Avicii and the song "Levels." That is the equivalent <laughs> song to flats. rapper's delight.
4: Such a good song.
0: It's the first song that broke into the mainstream that changed the way that music was going to be listened to in the near future. And I mean, again, rest in peace, another troubled soul unbelievably talented and these guys that are behind the scenes that and I think a lot of the people that were like well you know he wrote and did all of his own music I'm sure there were producers there helping him I you know they get credit for what they did because they can write the narrative 40 years later but I will come to the defense of modern music and say that these people are equally as talented and in some cases with all the computer shit they have to do playing the instruments recording these riffs I don't know Calvin Harris when he was dropped his last album he put out videos of every single song and every single layer of every single sound to make every single song. And it's so impressive to watch him layer one note into another note, into another sound, into another note and make these crazy, complex beats.
5: No, I think we said the same thing. It's just a quality over quantity issue. There's just too many bad eggs out there. There's always
0: been shitty music out there.
5: But there hasn't been the quantity of shitty music and the ability, uh, um, there's also more people. But there's also YouTube, Spotify, um, SoundCloud. There's a million mediums for people to put out shitty music with absolutely no need for a record
1: deal or a record label to put them out. Like you don't have the filtration of people that actually know what sounds good anymore. I think end of the day, it all comes down to just, again, personal preference. I mean, Mike, to your point, like, yeah, there's way more, it's more accessible to find like more people now, but I guess it's also a good thing for someone who actually is talented, doesn't have the means to, Get a record deal or something. Who can get exposed? Like that, that's how Post Malone got there. It was Post Malone just put raps out on SoundCloud and he got picked up by someone? And you know, yeah. Same so, with Drake, Lil Dickie. Yeah. So again, it, it comes down to personal preference. I will say, for me personally, I also do prefer kind of more of the '90s and early 2000s music, just because I prefer, you know, seeing a band with more instruments up there. And I think uh, for me, the biggest thing is that Cardi B exists in this world of musicians now, and that disqualifies a lot of other good music. I think just the fact that she's able to have some sort of exposure in the music world today just makes the whole lot of it just worse. So, sorry. I mean, maybe that's, that's controversial, but she has no business.
3: She's not really talented.
1: Well, with that, we are down to our last question of the day. And it focuses on Kyle, kind of your argument about music of today. So what was your question? So
0: I want to know from all of you, we are recording this on the 7th of July. So we've just gotten rid of, is how I'm going to put this, because 2020 fucking sucks. We've just gotten rid of the first half of the year. We are halfway through the year. I want to know what everyone's favorite song released in 2020 so far is. And I will be starting with uh, Mr. Rourke.
1: Yeah, so I wrote down a couple because... There are some good songs that came out this year for sure. Weirdly um,
3: enough.
1: Yeah. So the one the ones I wrote down, I think you have to mention Don't Stop Now, Dua Lipa is absolute slapper. Yeah. big
0: slap. Big uh, slap.
1: I think a really well-written song that is not really a traditional like poppy song nowadays is uh, You Should Be Sad by Halsey. Dude, I picked that. Damn, really good song. Yeah, Sorry. that's a great <laughs> song. No, that's a great song. And then really the last one I wrote down was
3: and just a purely artistic music video as well. It's like <laughs> the depths of creativity <laughs> are just mind blowing For everyone
0: out there, if you haven't seen it, Tom's saying that because she's hot.
4: So hot.
0: But it's it's, it's
3: also so a really she, good song. She's an objectively, objectively
4: objectively. Well, I think it's a great
3: song because she I like her a lot as an artist, and she straight up is like that song is written about G Easy, and she's basically like. You're a little fuckboy. She
0: has dressed him down in so many songs, and yep. the best part is they just keep getting yeah. better.
3: <laughs> yeah, that song she shit on him. She was like, "You can never get this again. You can never get this."
4: <laughs> when did she like become Italian? No, that's
3: <laughs> no, that's, that's my Borat when he goes, "You will never, forget this. You never <laughs> to get this. You will never get this." Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, okay.
1: Uh, uh, Mike, the, uh, the last one I just want to, to mention form? really oh, quick. Right, um, you'll like this. I also think "Memories" mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. number Five is a great song. Mm-hmm. It is a good song. Yeah, I'll love uh, yeah. uh, that. So, Mike,
0: Mike, what's your what's your 2020 song so far?
1: Uh, okay,
5: so first off, play ya Ding Dong." Um, yes, if
0: you, yeah. if you haven't
4: ding dong so if you haven't seen
0: eurovision um will ferrell's new movie on netflix cannot possibly recommend it enough for you to go watch it it's fantastic they did a really good job the music is really hysterical i mean it's it's just great
5: yeah no the um everything's great there's a a ton of really good songs in there yaya ding dong um Double Trouble. There's a Tiesto remix. It's honestly fantastic. The the, the music is so good from this movie that they're considering nominating it for an Oscar, which is hilarious for a Will Ferrell spoof movie. Uh, But on a serious note, I would say, I'm not necessarily going to limit it to one thing, but I want to say an album that dropped this year that I think the entire album was was pretty fantastic. Uh, Music to be Murdered by by Eminem came out in 2020. A lot of old school diss tracks from Eminem kind of I think it was MGK. He was kind of, he was going after, and he just yeah, yeah that's
0: absolutely what was happening. Yeah, it destroyed. The he sh- wasn't going after. Absolutely murdered yeah, in the coffin.
4: See, MGK has always been a stand-up guy. I don't know why people go after him.
2: Let's go to uh, Mr. Mr. Carl. So oh, I'm I'm not sure if you guys know this song, but I've been really fucking with it lately. It's called "Wait a Minute" by Willow. I do. Yeah, I do that. So that is a very good song. I really like that vibe of that song, and uh, I'm digging it. Tom, You're like, oh, what do you got? I
3: mean, uh, I Just have aside a, from your your Halsey song. Aside from the Halsey, I'm gonna have to go with Dua Lipa too. Uh, oh. Physical. Physical, that
0: album, oh. that whole fucking album. By the way, yeah, absolutely murders. Dude, Physical Dad. is Physical is a great song.
3: The energy from that album is so sick. She's.
0: I really wish we could go to bars because that album would be on at bars. And the, like you said, the energy from that, that whole vibe on those songs is just like, yes, I want to go and like
4: do shit. I guess, uh, I think, I think I believe it was Kyle who referenced this person before, but, uh, Tame Impala, the new album that came out, uh, the slow rush. It's a very good album. I highly recommend two tracks, borderline and breathe deeper. Uh, so we did
0: uh, completely reproduce "Borderline," which had dropped previously as a single uh, to put out with the album. And it's it's still fantastic. Um, and "Breathe Deeper," yeah, just I mean that mm-hmm. album was great. Again, Hamish, very, very yeah.
4: Thomas guy. forgiveness is another good one too. But Kyle, so, what I, your, uh, so I guess if songs? I'm going to
0: go, we've we've mentioned a lot of stuff that I like really have loved this year and have really been into. So I guess I'll pay a little respect to the gay community and throw back to where I talked about Gaga finally dropping music. Um, the album was really good. Chromatica was fantastic this might be slightly controversial in my community but uh rain on me is not the song of the year the song of the year is absolutely still stupid love um the energy that that brings i don't know i just love that song it makes me want to fucking go out and, and dance like an asshole so uh, i feel that yeah i mean it's 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 a great song and then i think my other one of the year is, is probably don't stop uh don't stop now by uh dua lipa can't I say enough good stuff about her. Just stupidly talented, uh, put out a great album, probably big
1: things to come from her. It's just such good vibes, you know? I Some agree. It's just such good vibes. So oh, uh, yeah. Break My Heart's a great song, too. That whole it is, you know. album is just awesome. Yeah, the album great. I actually really enjoyed this episode. I thought we had a really good discussion of a lot of different genres and uh, different eras of music, too, so that was really cool to jump into that, and I'm sure we'll probably do more music episodes in the future, too, so oh, I yes. definitely enjoyed that. So uh, let's do our closing statements of the episode. As always, everyone has a sentence to wrap up our conversation. And we will start today with Pat. Hey, y'all. Great conversation today. Did anyone see
4: that? Oh, I have a background.
0: Oh, no, after. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> and, and you know what, Pat? You shouldn't do it again. You should never do it again. <laughs> you should. Oh, it's, oh, uh, Mike, can you do me a favor after this and kick him directly between the legs? Yeah, no problem. Uh, that's, that's warranted. Uh, also, because podcasts
5: are a visual medium, that was a double dab from Patrick.
0: And it's 2020, just so everyone's clear. Oh, there's so many more happening. Okay, Dan, move on from me.
3: Yeah, we're, we're going to go to the next
1: person now. <laughs> we're going to go to Tom.
3: Oh, no, I just had a blast. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of sick pics. Um, what, what are you laughing at?
1: <laughs> Mike, Mike is dabbing and lifting up his shirt and stuff, but please continue.
3: No, let's just, <laughs> let's just, I'm not laughing at you. Let's just kick it over to Mike at this point. <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, no, Tom, I want to hear what you have to say.
3: No, I, I had nothing to say. I had nothing else to
5: say. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, well, I guess if I'm on the spot, um, first things first, because we definitely didn't touch on it tonight, I want to remind all the listeners at home that we are an anti Taylor Swift podcast. I know mm-hmm. this was a music episode. I want to make sure you didn't get us killed. However, everyone <laughs> at home knows that we are an anti Taylor Swift podcast. If you have any reasons, why we went on to why, look back at our conspiracy episode, look back at what was the one where I talked about not dragging that one? Um, look the Macklin episode. The Macklin episode.
0: Yeah, yeah the Macklin episode.
5: Look back at those two episodes for why we hate Taylor Swift. Secondly, if you're definitely into a very weird thing that happened, there's some, I don't know, political candidate, I believe in Florida, who just recently came out saying that uh, that Beyonce is actually an Italian Satanist pretending to be black. So... It was all in tweets you should go look at the internet for that one it will make your uh, florida
0: is undefeated that's all yeah say he's like that.
5: he's like running for state senate or something like that and he like came out against beyonce and his reasoning was that she's actually really italian and her name is like bippity boppity boopity and uh oh she is a satanist love in the that.
4: inflection in that
5: and that yeah that like her music is all like satan worshiper like you know putting uh is is one one of those... on backwards
4: yeah i was gonna say is it one of those things where they put it, play it backwards
5: yeah, so that that's definitely something you should. Everyone should look into.
1: Okay, then.
4: I'll do if some research. A quick I'll get back to Amendment
1: to, uh, to Mike's statement. I, I agree about anti Taylor, but I think we have to make sure we, we allude to that we don't include the OG country Taylor in that discussion. Correct. I think the correct. OG country Pop Taylor, Taylor yes. is Pop fantastic. Taylor. Anything beyond the country stuff, we I, I agree wholeheartedly, Mike. I just want to make sure we make that distinction. Yeah, but. Kyle, what's, uh, what do you got? Oh God. Um, great discussion. Happy to be doing this.
0: Uh, hope you're enjoying it. Listening. Uh, please like subscribe. We're really loving doing this, having a a great time and everyone please stay safe, uh, for the love of fucking God to reiterate this for the love of God, for the love of God, please wear a face mask, um, and continue to stay safe, wash your hands. And hopefully we will, uh, be in yours again
1: next week.
2: Carl, take us home. Uh, just sitting, sitting at home working all day makes me really miss my chiropractor because I can't go see him. My back's fucking killing me. But overall, great conversation tonight, and hopefully we could do this again, only more genre specific.
1: I think again, closing thing for me, same sentiments. Really good conversation. Uh, to Kyle's point, please continue wearing a mask. The pandemic is not over, even though we are in the middle of summer. And obviously, this weekend was the fourth. You know, we want to go out and do fun things. Don't be an idiot. And I think if I can give one suggestion as we part here pertaining to music, we're all still stuck inside looking for things to do. If I can suggest one thing that might you know, make you feel fulfilled for a couple of hours, if you have Disney oh. Plus, go watch Hamilton. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, we don't really talk about musical theater, really, on the podcast. But Hamilton is a work of genius. It's a rap musical yeah. about our American history, and I highly suggest you watch it because it's absolutely fantastic in every way possible. So Agreed. that's my closing. And that'll do it for this episode of Inclusion. We digress. As always, uh, please join the conversation. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we putting ourselves on YouTube now, and we will catch you guys on the next one. Sponsor and my OnlyFans.
3: follow my OnlyFans. Check out,
1: check out
5: my Rickroll.